From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, December 6, 2022. Coming up this hour. Georgia voters decide between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker in a Senate runoff race. President Biden plans an announcement on his future in the Oval Office. The U.S. and Europe consider new tariffs on China to fight carbon emissions. And Pepsi becomes the latest company to cut jobs. The NYPD says crime is down, but hate crimes have skyrocketed. Plus, Mayor Adams push for New Yorkers to get healthier. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Rangers rallied to beat the Blues. The Bucks topped the Saints. And Justin Verlander signed with the Mets. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow in U.S. Stock Index. Futures have been struggling for direction this morning. 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures and Dow futures are both little changed. NASDAQ futures are up a tenth of a percent, up about 12 points. The DAX in Germany is down about a quarter of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 3.30 seconds, yield 3.56 percent. They yield on the two-year 4.36 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 9 tenths percent, or 72 cents. At $76.21 a barrel. Nathan. Karen, we'll have more on the markets in a minute, but we begin this morning with a key political runoff that could have market implications. Today, Georgia voters decide the final U.S. Senate seat, and Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. The four-week runoff blitz has drawn a flood of outside spending, but it all ends today. Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock urging his supporters to get out the vote. The stakes are high. The issues are urgent, and the differences between me and my opponent are too wide for us to sleep. Republican candidate Herschel Walker, a Heisman Trophy winner from the University of Georgia, used football analogies to urge his supporters to vote. This is about turnout, and now that means that we got to get in the game. And we can't sit on the sideline anymore. Today's race will determine whether Democrats have an outright majority in the Senate or control a 50-50 chamber. Donald Trump held a rally yesterday for Walker by telephone, not in person, to avoid any blame for hurting the GOP's midterm election efforts. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. About 1.9 million Georgia voters cast early ballots in this race, but Republicans are hoping for a strong in-person turnout today. GOP Georgia Congressman Buddy Carter says it's important for his party to keep the Senate 50-50. If we have 50-50, it means that we'll have 50-50 in the committee process, and that's extremely important. It also means that 
instead of Chuck Schumer being in charge with the 51-49 lead, then we've got 50-50, and at least we can count on Joe Manchin sometimes. Georgia Republican Congressman Buddy Carter spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And one other political note this morning, Karen. President Biden is likely to announce he's running for re-election after the Christmas and New Year's holidays. That's according to White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain. The president turned 80 last month. He's already the oldest person ever to occupy the Oval Office. Meantime, Nathan, Republicans are warning the Biden administration not to prioritize green energy goals over enforcing federal import restrictions meant to discourage alleged human rights abuses in China. The directive from Republican representatives Mike Gallagher and Chris Smith, plus Senators Marco Rubio and Tom Cotton, signals tough oversight of the issue after the GOP takes control of the House in January. And China is also in focus, Karen, when it comes to U.S. and European relations. The U.S. and EU are mulling new tariffs against China as part of a bid to fight carbon emissions. Let's go to London, get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Bloomberg has learned that the Chinese steel and aluminum could be hit by new Western tariffs. The move would be a novel approach using levies normally employed in trade disputes in an effort to cut carbon emissions. Sources say the idea originated by the White House and under discussion with the European Union is still in its early phase and hasn't yet been formally put forward. China is both the world's biggest carbon emitter and the biggest producer of industrial metals. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Well, as it has been every day this month, COVID is once again in focus in China. A COVID outbreak in the country that began last month appears to be tailing off. Infections have fallen each of the last eight days. At the same time, there continues to be a pullback in Beijing's sweeping testing regime across the country. Back here in the U.S., Karen, futures are little changed, but that's after stocks kicked off this week with losses as the U.S. services gauge unexpectedly rose. That good news was bad news for markets. It's fueling speculation that the the Fed will keep its policy tight to tame inflation. Rick Pitcairn is chief investment officer at Pitcairn Family Office. I think the Fed has a preference for, you know, controlling inflation by whatever means they have to to to, to, to get that under control. And if that means a recession uh, uh, in their minds, they would hope it would be shallow and, and short. Rick Pitcairn says he thinks stocks are currently trading at or near their bottom. Meantime, Nathan, we continue to see layoffs coming to big companies across the country. Now, another big name is announcing cuts, and we get the latest live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. The job cuts in the tech and media sectors have spilled over to Big Soda. Pepsi Company is laying off hundreds of workers at the headquarters of its North American snacks and beverage units. According to an internal memo viewed by the Wall Street Journal, the company says the layoffs are intended to simplify the organization and operate more efficiently. Pepsi says demand remains strong despite raising prices to offset higher costs for ingredients, delivery, and labor. Back in October, Pepsi announced cost-cutting measures to ease pressure on profit margins. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks for also watching the crypto space this morning. The Federal Trade Commission's investigating several crypto firms over allegations their advertisements were deceptive or misleading. The agency enforces laws that require truth in advertising, including rules that individuals disclose when they've been paid for endorsements or reviews. The FTC is not releasing any details. And a programming note, Nathan, we're live at the Goldman Sachs Financial Services Conference today. Tune in for exclusive interviews with Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon. That interview will be coming up at 8 a.m. Wall Street time right here on both Bloomberg Radio and Television. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thank you. It is 6.07. 
on Wall Street. About 45 degrees midtown. Rain comes to the area this afternoon. We'll get up to the mid-50s, and the rain will continue tonight as we get down to around 50. Now let's bring in Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The NYPD says there has been a monthly decrease in crime, with the seven major crimes down 1.2% in November. Meanwhile, hate crime surged by 70% since last month, with anti-Semitic hate crime soaring by 125%. Mayor Eric Adams says that's why he attended a conference on anti-Semitism in Athens last week. That is why I was in Greece, you know, and uh, despite people saying, why are you going to Greece? Because there's an anti-Semitism problem globally. And mayors from across the globe, we, we all met there uh, to engage us in, in this conversation. Mayor Adams also says hate crimes are being normalized on social media. It comes as a 96-year-old man in a wheelchair was an innocent bystander when police say he was shot in Brooklyn. Police say the man was wounded in the ankle while the suspect was robbing another person. The NYPD says the suspect, 28-year-old Sundance Oliver, is also wanted for a deadly shooting in Manhattan. Mayor Adams also talked about New Yorkers getting healthier. Adams says the new $44 million campaign dubbed Lifestyle Medicine involves diet, exercise, and medical care. People often talk about my primary focus being public safety, but trust me, health is just as important because in order to live in a safe city, you must live in a safe city. And that's the goal that we are accomplishing. Mayor Adams has also pushed for plant-based food options in schools and in hospitals. The suspect accused of shooting up a Colorado Springs gay nightclub last month, killing five people and wounding 17 others, is set to appear in court again today. Anderson Lee Aldrich will learn what charges prosecutors will pursue, including possible hate crimes. Lawyer Michael Avenetti, who represented porn star Stormy Daniels against Donald Trump, was sentenced in California to 14 years in prison for cheating clients out of millions of dollars. Avenetti's sentence will be served after he finishes a five-year term for separate convictions in New York. Kirstie Alley has died at age 71. According to her family, the cheer star died after a short battle with cancer. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Count out to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. Max Scherzer, 38 years old, but no longer the oldest pitcher on the Mets. He's also no longer the only pitcher making $43 million a year. Justin Verlander, who soon turns 40 and who was Scherzer's teammate for six years in Detroit, coming to New York, taking Jacob deGrom's spot of the Mets rotation, two-year deal, $86 million. Verlander just won the Cy Young Award with Houston. Another shocking contract is what Trey Turner got from the Phillies, an 11-year deal for $300 million. As for Aaron Judge, Yankee General Manager Brian Cashman, who just got a new contract himself, says they will not rush Judge into making a decision. Judge was at the Monday night game at Tampa Bay. Quite a finish. The Bucks trailed the Saints. Final second. Here's the snap. Brady dropping, looking. Brady throws. Caught ball. It's caught. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Rashad White. Rashad White. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Fire the Bucks tie the game at The extra point gave them the victory. Tampa Bay trailed by 13 with three minutes to go. They're six and six. Good for first place. Carolina Panthers released Baker Mayfield, who was their week one starting quarterback. 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan says he doubts they'll sign Mayfield. The Niners 
Just lost Jimmy Garoppolo for the season. At the Garden, Rangers rallied past the Blues. They won 6-4 with three goals in the third period. Six different Ranger goal scorers. Four quarterbacks are coming to New York for Saturday's Heisman Trophy announcement. USC's Caleb Williams, TCU's Max Duggan, Georgia's Stetson Bennett, and Ohio State's C.J. Stroud. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thank you. And Bloomberg Sports is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Up next, a look ahead to the Georgia Senate runoff and what's to come in the lame duck session on Capitol Hill. First, S&P futures are... Little changed, down two points right now. Dow futures down 25. NASDAQ futures still clinging to a very slight gain of four points. Ten-year treasury is up 230 seconds. Yield on the benchmark 10-year note, 3.56%. 612 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak on Election Day Part 2 in Georgia. The runoff between Democrat Raphael Warnock and Republican Herschel Walker will be decided tonight. Let's bring in Greg Vallier, our chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments, for a look at the implications of this final race of the 2022 midterms. Greg, good morning. We already know the balance of power on Capitol Hill. Democrats not only have control of the Senate, the House is back in Republican hands. So why should we be watching this runoff in Georgia today? Well, good morning, Nathan. It's, it's important for two or three reasons quickly. Number one, uh, it negates a lot of the power that Joe Manchin had to disrupt things. Uh, he and Kirsten Sinema, uh, but if it does wind up 51-49, which I think is likely, makes it a little tougher for Manchin. Uh, secondly, it helps committee organizing. It's pretty arcane, but things can move through committees. Third, I think it gives the Democrats a leg up for 2024 and gives them the opportunity to further mock Donald Trump as somebody who endorsed candidates who almost uniformly lost. What are you expecting in terms of turnout today? We've already had uh, close to two million early votes cast in this race. Are you expecting long lines uh, down in Georgia? Well, as you know, there have been long lines for the last few days, and I think there will be today as well. An extraordinary turnout. I think that helps uh, Warnock. I think the momentum has all been with him in the last seven to ten days. What are the implications for former President Trump? Of course, we know that uh, many of the uh, candidates that he endorsed in this midterm did not do too well. Herschel Walker has managed to get to this point to force a runoff. What does this mean for the former president's hold on the GOP? Nothing good. If you look at the races around the country where Trump's candidates almost all lost, you look at this disastrous comment he made a few days ago about tearing up the Constitution to go back and look at why he really did win in 2020. I mean, even Republicans just shook their heads the last couple of days. I think that Trump's um, campaign for president so far has been an absolute disaster. And on uh, the Democratic side, we saw President Biden sort of keep his distance in this race. He supported Raphael Warnock from afar, and we got a lot of in-person support from the likes of former President Barack Obama, uh, not just in this runoff, but on uh, even before official Election Day. Uh, What kind of momentum could this race potentially uh, give to President Biden as he considers uh, making his own announcement for re-election? 
Yeah, Biden, you have to say, has had a very good stretch the last six to eight months. He's got a lot done. There's even a chance in this lame duck session of Congress before Christmas uh, for getting uh, immigration reform, which would be an extraordinary development. So I, I would say that Biden is on a roll. And to have uh, the Georgia race turn the Democrats' way would help him as well. I don't think he's going to announce until after the first of the year. And I am not certain that he will announce he's running for a second term for the simple reason that if he won a second term, he would be leaving the White House theoretically at the age of 86. And we are expecting some kind of announcement. We heard from uh, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain that uh, we'd get word from the president after the New Year's holiday. So we're definitely going to be watching that as well. Uh, As far as this lame duck session goes, Greg, there is a lot to get done before either Warnock or uh, Walker, no matter who uh, comes out victorious, is finally seated. I mean, we've got a defense bill to pass, must pass government spending. What do you have uh, looking ahead to the the lame duck session to be watching for? Well, it's always a mess. It's always a train wreck. And this year will be no <laughs> exception. I think that you know the deadline of December 16th for a budget will be missed and they'll have to have another deadline right up until Christmas Eve. I don't see a government shutdown. The, the odds favor getting a budget bill done uh, right at the end of the year. It's possible it'll drag on to to next year. But you're right. There's a lot of big issues, Nathan. Uh, the main ones are defense, the, the entire spending uh, package. And all of a sudden now, immigration out of nowhere is back on the table. In our last 30 seconds here, Greg, uh, focusing finally on the Georgia runoff, given all the early votes that would have been cast and uh, the potential for uh, some turnout later today, uh, what are the chances we actually know who the winner is after tonight? Well, that's a good point, Nathan. I, I cringe at the thought that this could happen, but I, I don't rule out the possibility that we won't know tonight, that it might take a day or two to recount all the votes and you'll have, you know, charges of voter fraud, things like that. I, I think the safest bet is it will probably about 24 hours from now, we'll probably know who won, but we might not know until well after midnight. No, but the the call is at least maybe this week. (laughs) Thanks for this, Greg. As always, great to get your thoughts on this uh, election day in Georgia. Greg Valliere, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist at AGF Investments. And stay with us on Bloomberg Daybreak coming up. We're going to get a live report from Atlanta. Bloomberg's Joe Matthew leading our team of correspondents covering today's runoff for the U.S. Senate in Georgia will be hosting a special edition of Sound On this afternoon from Atlanta. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is a smart, tax-efficient way to manage your philanthropy. Open a JCF fund now to lock in a 2022 tax deduction. Visit jcfny.org. And futures continue to struggle for direction this morning. S&P, NASDAQ, and Dow futures are all little change. The DAX in Germany is down three-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up one thirty-second, yield 3.56%. And the yield on the two-year, 4.36%. 
And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Eyes are on Georgia today for its Senate runoff election. Georgia voters would choose whether to re-elect Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock or his Republican challenger, football legend Herschel Walker. Kirstie Alley, best known for TV's Cheers, has died at age 71. In the NBA, the Celtics won, the Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Rangers won, the Bruins lost in a shootout to the Golden Knight. The Capitals won. Monday Night Football, the Bucks pulled out a last-second win over the Saints, 17-16. World Cup action, it's the final day of the round of 16. Morocco plays Spain, Portugal plays Switzerland. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. At 623 on Wall Street, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg Daybreak, brought to you by SEI. Asset managers don't get results that are off the charts when their solutions are off the shelf. Learn how SEI's operating platform can turn infrastructure into a competitive advantage at SEIC.com. Slash tech. And now we want to bring you a conversation with economist and Yale senior fellow Stephen Roach. He spoke with Tom Keene and Jonathan Farrow yesterday on Bloomberg surveillance. They talked about the outlook for inflation and tensions between the U.S. and China. Do we hearken back to the fears of the 60s and the 70s and a wage price spiral? Well, the uh, wage price spiral back then, Tom, was heavily impacted by cost of living uh, indexation clauses in uh, labor union contracts, and two things have happened. Uh, labor unions are a much smaller share of the workforce, and these COLA adjustment uh, clauses are less prevalent than they were back then. And nevertheless, you know, wages are you know, labor is an, a, a, a very important segment of overall business costs, and uh, tight labor markets are certainly boosting. Um, uh, the compensation piece of that and weak productivity is reinforcing it. So it's, it's important to stay focused on this issue. Stephen Roche to China. Sir Howard Davies mentions of your uh, book that it is, is, is a way to a new framework, a new discussion of both parties. We need goodwill among United States and China. How do we find that goodwill? Number one, we have to recognize that the current approach that we've uh, both been wedded to over the past 20 years is an abysmal failure. In the last five years, we've had the, um, the beginnings of a, a trade war, a tech war, and now the early stages of a new Cold War. So in accidental conflict, I propose a, uh, a new approach based on three key pillars. Uh, one, rebuilding trust by going after the low-hanging fruits of reopening con- uh, consulates and restarting exchange programs, taking pressure off of uh, uh, NGOs. Secondly, uh, abandoning the zero-sum bilateral trade framework, which makes no sense and has not worked at all, embracing a market-opening pro-growth initiative uh, framed around a bilateral investment treaty. And thirdly, uh, making an effort to uh, establish a new architecture for engagement these summits like the one that uh, Xi Jinping and Joe Biden had on November 14th, uh, they're long on uh, photo ops, but they accomplish right. nothing. I'm in favor of a new uh, full-time organization that I call a U.S.-China secretariat, which is detailed in the book. But after the party Congress, 
in what we see from the leadership in Beijing, a leadership perhaps forever, is the idea, as you mentioned in one of your chapters, a China with American characteristics. There seems to be zero desire for that out of Beijing. Well, China wants to do it its way, and that's been an affront to us. We had this rather naive presumption that we'd let China into the WTO. They would play by our rules and become more like us. They had the facade of presenting uh, that similar appearance, but they've certainly gone their own way, and that, that remains a worrisome part of the ongoing conflict. And that was Stephen Roach, the uh, economist and Yale senior fellow, speaking with Tom Keene and Jonathan Farrow on Bloomberg Surveillance. You can catch the full interview anytime on Bloomberg.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal. Right now, S&P futures are moving lower by two points. Dow futures down 36. NASDAQ futures just eking onto a gain of uh, nearly five points. Just ahead, we'll get you this morning's top stories, plus local headlines and a fuller check of markets. First, let's check in with Rob Carolyn for a look at today's Bloomberg weather forecast. Clouds will be with us throughout the morning. We have an area of low pressure headed our way, and that's why the showers will develop for the afternoon. High temperatures today are near 55. Steady rain tonight, lows falling back to 50 to 55. Storm's going to move by slowly tomorrow, so the rain continues. We're mild 55 to 60. Thursday looks partly to mostly cloudy. There could be a few peaks of sun, highs near 50. I'm Rob Carolyn with your three-day forecast on Bloomberg 1130. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 628 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moskia. We are nearly three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 4.33% to 5.33%. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, today's Georgia runoff election will decide the final Senate contest in the country. Incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock held a rally in Georgia last night. The differences between me and my opponent are too wide for us to sleep. Raphael Warnock's GOP opponent, Herschel Walker, is also rallying support in the runoff's final hours. It is time for us to stand up but stand together because what the left has tried to do and the guy I'm running against have tried to separate us. Should Republican Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker win, Democrats would control the Senate with a 50-50 split. Well, about 1.9 million Georgia voters cast ballots already, Karen, in early voting. And Republican Georgia Congressman Buddy Carter says it is important to keep that 50-50 Senate. We'll have 50-50 in the committee process, and that's extremely important. It also means instead of Chuck Schumer being in charge with the 51-49 lead, at least we can count on Joe Manchin sometimes. Georgia Republican Congressman Buddy Carter made the comments on Bloomberg Sound On. The show is live in Atlanta today. You can catch it at 5 p.m. Wall Street time. Well, another major political note here, Nathan. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain says President Biden is likely to announce he's running for re-election after the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Turning to markets now, Karen, futures are little changed with investors fearing more Fed tightening after U.S. services gauge unexpectedly rose yesterday. BNP Paribas Chief U.S. Economist Carl Riccadonna says he expects rates to rise into next year. 
We do think there's another 50 basis point tightening in December. We expect another 50 basis points in February and then 25 bips at the March meeting. We're slowing, but we're not slowing quite fast enough. BMP party boss Carl Riccadonna says last week's strong labor data also put pressure on the Fed. And despite the jobs numbers, Nathan, we are seeing more corporate layoffs. And Bloomberg Steve Rappaport joins us live with more. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. PepsiCo is letting hundreds of workers go from its North American snack and beverage unit. The Wall Street Journal citing an internal memo reports the move is intended to simplify the organization and make it operate more efficiently. Pepsi announced in October it would cut costs after reporting a jump in quarterly sales and profit. The company says demand remains high despite passing higher costs on to customers. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thank you. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Again, futures this morning have been struggling for direction with S&P and Dow futures, both little changed. NASDAQ futures higher, up a tenth of a percent, up about 15 points. And 10-year Treasury up one thirty-second, yield 3.56%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 631 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr to check what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The NYPD says there has been a monthly decrease in crime with the seven major crimes down 1.2% in November. Meanwhile, hate crime surged by 70% last month with anti-Semitic hate crime soaring by 125%. Mayor Eric Adams. We have normalized hate. And I continue to say one of the biggest spreader of this hate is social media. Uh, what social media is doing to uh, normalize hate, uh, to give a platform for hate, to spread hate, uh, is just really alarming. Mayor Adams says that's why he attended a conference on anti-Semitism in Athens last week. Mayor Adams also talked about New Yorkers getting healthier. Adams says the $44 million campaign dubbed Lifestyle Medicine involves diet, exercise, and medical care. In our hospital, plant-based meals are now the default for patient lunches and dinners. Don't let anyone kid you when they tell you that these chronic diseases are part of your DNA. It's not. It's part of your dinner. It's what you eat every day that is causing many of the chronic diseases we are experiencing. Mayor Adams says New York City will not continue to feed the health care crisis. A serial slayer known as the Torso Killer already convicted of 11 homicides admitted that he also killed five women on Long Island in the late 60s and early 70s. Richard Cunningham was sentenced yesterday to 25 years to life for the 1968 murder of 23-year-old Diane Cusick. Two-time Emmy winner Kirstie Alley, who starred in the 1980 sitcom Cheers, has died. Alley died after a short battle with cancer at age 71. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 6.33 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashow. All right, Nathan. Three days after Jacob deGrom's departure to Texas, the Mets filled his spot in the rotation with future first ballot Hall of Famer Justin Verlander. He'll be 40 years old when the season begins, but he just had one of his best seasons winning the Cy Young with Houston. He's going to make $43 million next two seasons, just like his now Mets teammate, Max Scherzer. They also used to be teammates in Detroit. Trey Turner signed with the Phillies. That's an 11-year contract. 
contract for $300 million. He'll be a teammate of Bryce Harper, as they used to be in Washington. A re-signing by the Yankees. It's not Aaron Judge. It's Brian Cashman, the general manager since 1998, and now signed through 2027. Cashman, at the winter meetings in San Diego, said the Yanks will not rush Judge into making his decision. Much-needed win for the Rangers. They had lost their last two, five of the last six. Trailed the Blues heading into the third period, but Rangers pulled out a 6-4 victory. Monday Night Football, Tom Brady rallied Tampa Bay past New Orleans 17-16. The Bucks trailed by 13 with three minutes left. Brady threw the game-winning TD pass with three seconds left, and he now has the most fourth-quarter comebacks in NFL history, passing Peyton Manning. The Giants game, week from Sunday in Washington, the rematch of Sunday's tie. Moved to primetime, Giants and Jets both currently clinging to wild-card playoff hopes for both with very tough game Sunday. The Giants host 11-1 Philadelphia. The Jets visit Buffalo. They'll try to beat the Bills for a second time. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thank you. Bloomberg Sports is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com. For more information, S&P futures up two points, Dow futures down one, and NASDAQ futures are higher by 21 points. That's a gain of two-tenths percent. 635 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Jeff Bellinger, and on WLW in Cincinnati, I'll be talking about yesterday's big drop in the price of Kroger shares. I'm Steve Potusk on KNX in Los Angeles. We're talking about an L.A. lawyer filing a lawsuit against Twitter on behalf of fired employees who say the company hasn't followed through on severance payments. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Radio in London. We've been reporting on the British Prime Minister backing down on a mandatory house-building target after rebellion from his backbench MPs. I'm Gina Cervetti and for WCCO in Minneapolis, I'm talking about a failed sanitizer venture entangling some members of the family behind the Mall of America and New Jersey's American Dream Mega Mall. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting Pfizer's expanding its manufacturing capabilities in Michigan. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 636 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Speaking ahead of his meeting with Joe Biden last week, French President Emmanuel Macron warned that U.S. trade policy could fragment the West. That might sound alarmist, but he was right. While Biden's programs to subsidize clean energy investment and high-tech manufacturing have much to recommend them, their protectionist elements put foreign producers at a big disadvantage, threatening international economic cooperation. During his meeting with Macron, Biden conceded that the Inflation Reduction Act, with its Buy American emphasis, may need tweaks. It would be better for Biden to rethink his basic approach. The U.S., Europe, and the world as a whole would be better off if liberal trade were simply allowed to do its job. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal.
This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. Tune in later this morning on Bloomberg Radio. We are live today at the Goldman Sachs Financial Services Conference, and we have an exclusive interview lined up with the CEO Goldman Sachs Chief David Solomon. He's going to join us around 8 a.m. Wall Street time. You can catch that conversation on Bloomberg Radio and watch it on Bloomberg Television. 6.38 now on Wall Street. Up next on Bloomberg Daybreak, we're going to take you live to Georgia, where it is Election Day again. Bloomberg's Joe Matthew joins us from Atlanta on this Senate runoff day between Democratic incumbent Raphael Warnock and Republican Herschel Walker. This is Bloomberg Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. For 50 years, JCF's donor-advised funds have been helping families create charitable legacies. Start now and open a JCF fund before year-end. Visit jcfny.org. Futures this morning are a little change. We are seeing a little strength from NASDAQ futures. And we go to the first word, breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are quiet after yesterday's sell-off with Dow futures down at 14 points. S&Ps are unchanged. NASDAQ futures are higher by 18. The U.S. 10-yield at 3.57%. Gold is up 6. Oil is in the red. And Bitcoin is trading a little changed. Taiwan fell 1.7% overnight while European markets are also trading in the red this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30 trade balance. After the Bellas night, the U.S. Army chose Bell Textron over Lockheed Martin for the next generation helicopter. And in other news, Reuters reported that Goldman Sachs plans to invest in crypto companies, exploiting lower valuations after the FTX collapse. Wrapping things up, J.P. Morgan was double upgraded. State Street and Bank of New York Mellon downgraded at Morgan Stanley. Boston Bear was cut to sell at Deutsche Bank, and GE was raised to outperform over at Oppenheimer. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. All right, Bill, thanks. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Today is the Senate runoff election in Georgia between Democratic incumbent Raphael Warnock and Republican Herschel Walker. Last month, Walker got just enough votes to deny Warnock the 50% needed to win outright. Russian missiles have rained down on Ukraine. The strikes came after two explosions at military facilities inside Russia. NFL, the Bucks beat the Saints 17-16. NBA, the Celtics won. The Warriors lost. NHL, the Rangers and Capitals won. The Bruins lost in a shootout. At the World Cup, it is the final day of the round of 16. Morocco plays Spain. Portugal plays Switzerland. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Karen. 
All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 642 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT offers New Jersey's first undergraduate degree in fintech. Tech-driven, finance-focused. What will you make at NJIT? Learn more at njit.edu slash fintech. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Bloomberg News has learned the U.S. and the European Union are considering new tariffs on Chinese steel and aluminum. It would be part of a bid to fight carbon emissions and global overcapacity. As a novel approach, the U.S. and the EU would use tariffs, usually employed to trade disputes, to advance their climate agenda. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission is investigating several crypto firms over allegations their advertisements were deceptive or misleading. The agency enforces laws that require truth in advertising. They include rules that individuals disclose when they have been paid for endorsements or reviews, and the FTC is not releasing any details. And Apple will begin letting customers in eight European countries repair their own devices, expanding a program that rolled out in the U.S. earlier this year. The offering known as self-service repair will now allow you users in France, Belgium, Germany, Poland, Spain, the UK, Italy, and Sweden to buy parts online for the iPhone SE, iPhone 12, iPhone 13, and certain laptops so they can conduct their own repairs. I know a few husbands who love that idea, and that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Is that you? Oh, gosh, I, I can't imagine who you could be talking about. All right. <laughs> My husband thank... loves doing that kind of stuff. Nice. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Karen. It's 644 on Wall Street. Now it's time to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include the White House seeing inflation moderating. President Biden likely to make his 2024 announcement after the holidays and the U.S. upgrading Taiwan weapons package with newer Patriot missiles. You can read more about those stories at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. But the top political story this morning, it is Decision Day in Georgia between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker in the Senate runoff. We're joined live this morning from Atlanta by Bloomberg Washington correspondent and host of Sound On, Joe Matthew. Joe, good mm-hmm. morning. Good morning. Runoff sir. races are turning into a thing in Georgia. Yeah, well, they really like to do that. And by the way, this will not lead to another uh, runoff, no matter what happens, but it could lead to a recount. So think about that right now. This is the fifth time that Raphael Warnock has run for this seat. Yeah. Well, not sure if he's going to win it, but if this is within a half percentage point, as it may well, then it triggers a recount. So Georgia might have to wait a minute, and it's all going to come down to turnout today. And I'm going to tell you, Nathan, it's it's just been pouring. It's foggy. It's raw out. It's not a good day to get people to stand outside and line up to go to the polls, which is going to be a real challenge for Herschel Walker, seeing record early voting in this race that is likely to favor Raphael Warnock. The Walker campaign is doing everything it can to get people out on election day itself. Well, that is a really interesting point, Joe, because a lot of the reports we've been hearing about how the early vote has gone for people Mm -hmm. who have shown up at those early polling places, they've been facing long lines as well. That's true. A lot of this, you know, when we say early voting, this includes in-person early voting. And we saw nearly 2 million people uh, get out early and ahead following the advice of the Warnock campaign. Uh, Obviously, the whole idea, the concept of early voting is something that Republicans have been a little bit slow to come around on, but have been embracing it lately. 
And with Brian Kemp now backing Herschel Walker, the governor here in the state, that's the one thing that's a little bit different than what we saw in the general election. It'll be a little bit difficult to quantify because there, you know, he didn't, Herschel Walker didn't have coattails in this runoff election the way he may have, uh, in, in the, the first round. But also Brian Kemp has put his machinery and his money behind Herschel Walker this time, which he did not do the first time around. So it's not exactly the same race and it's being conducted in a vacuum, which really changes a lot of the contours of the election. Uh, interesting point as well, because we saw some of the last ads in this race were featuring Brian Kemp with that yes. endorsement of Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. We've also got a Trump factor to consider as well, mm-hmm. don't we? Because I've been hearing that the former president held a tele-rally for Herschel Walker last yeah. night. Do you see that having any impact? It, it, it's it, it's hard to say. Look, again, it's about getting people to turn out. If Donald Trump's holding a tele-rally, which he did last night, he did this for Glenn Youngkin the night before the election in Virginia as well, gives him a chance to take credit for a win. But, you know, it's not like people are lining up out of the blue to go to this teller rally. Those those are very carefully curated lists of supporters, Trump supporters in this particular case. So he's singing to the choir. Whether that gets uh, these particular voters to bring their friends or family or motivate others to get to the polls is the question. And we've also seen uh, just how important Democrats uh, see this race as being given all the spending they've put behind the Raphael Warnock campaign. There's something like more than two to one yeah. advantage in terms of the spending output by Democrats in this race. That's true. I think it, we, even three to one uh, wow. might, might be the statistic here. And, you know, look, we've seen uh, Raphael Warnock. And, of course, he's an incumbent. He's done this a lot of times. This is Herschel Walker's first outing. Uh, but he's been doing Warnock multiple events a day, multiple media interviews. Uh, last night, we were at a brewery with Senator Warnock. That was the way he closed uh, the final message of his campaign with rapper Jeezy. Herschel Walker, meantime, was was going to uh, went to a gun store and took his bus up around the the northern reaches of the state uh, in rural areas where he's trying to pick off voters. Those 200,000 voters who voted for Brian Kemp the first time around last month, but did not vote for Herschel Walker. That ticket splitting is a big deal. Herschel Walker needs to bring them in if he's going to win. Raphael Warnock needs to keep them home if he wants to keep his job the same. Obviously, you're in Atlanta. You're going to be covering this all day into tomorrow, hosting a special edition of Sound On from Georgia's Capitol. What are you going to be looking for? Who are you going to be talking to as part of your coverage? You know, actually, we're we're looking forward to a conversation with the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, who is, of course, uh, uh, pretty well known. Uh, president. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Based on the the perfect phone call or one of those perfect phone calls, but he's got a big job today, and and he's no stranger to these runoffs. He did it two years ago. He's doing it again today. He'll be with us live on Bloomberg at 5 p.m. And looking forward to that for sure. Joe Matthew, host of Sound On, which, as he mentioned, you can hear every afternoon at 5 p.m. Wall Street time across Bloomberg Radio. And again, get much more on all the political stories happening in and around the nation's capital by uh, going over to Bloomberg.com or checking them out on the Bloomberg terminal. Looking ahead to the market open this morning, futures are looking for some direction today. We've got S&P futures, little change to the upside. Dow futures down 19 points now. NASDAQ futures holding on to a gain of 16 points. That's a gain of about a tenth percent. Ten-year Treasury is up 3.30 seconds. The yield 3.56%. This is Bloomberg. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
and I'm Karen Moscow. And uh, markets are struggling for direction this morning. At least futures are, as traders weigh the prospects for a slowdown in the pace of U.S. rate hikes against data that's showing tighter policy may be needed for longer. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures remain little change. So did Dow futures, while NASDAQ futures are higher, up a tenth of a percent or 17 points. The DAX in Germany is down three-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 332 seconds, yield 3.56%. And the yield on the two-year, 4.36%. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.5% at $1.12 at $75.81 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or $9.30 at $17.90.60 an ounce. The euro, 1.0515 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2217. And the yen is at 136.31. Looking at Bitcoin this morning, it's a little changed. It's just under $17,000. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Nathan. All right, Karen. Thank you to 656 on Wall Street. And this is Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by Anshin Accountants and Advisors, the right fit tax and accounting firm that you need to succeed. Visit them at Anshin.com slash VIP to learn more. That's Anshin.com slash VIP. And speaking of VIPs. Bloomberg Kaylee Lines with a look at some of the pre-market movers this morning. Good morning, Kaylee. Good morning, Nathan. Such a kind introduction. Thank you. I have my eye on one stock in particular this morning because really there's not a lot of movement out there, but there is definitely a lot of movement for GitLab. The ticker is GTLB. This is a software company. It's up a whopping 17.5% in pre-market trading this morning. It reported after the bell last night. Nice beat and race quarter. Not only did third quarter revenue top expectations, it also lifted its full year forecast. And the reason this is interesting and noteworthy is that economic uncertainty is leading to widespread cuts in IT budgets in a lot of places. But this company is proving resilient in the face of that. And that's really the tone we're getting out of the analyst research this morning, pointing out that the company is continuing to produce results that contrast with its peers, RBC Capital Markets, noting the durability of revenue growth. And because of those headwinds, it does seem uh, like the bar was pretty low going into these results, but clearly the stock uh, is reacting positively to it. After being down 54% year to date, it's now seeing a nice move in pre-market trading. Another mover that is not quite as large as GameStop, it's up a little more than 1%. An interesting mm-hmm. report out of Axios uh, late yesterday saying that it is beginning a round of layoffs, GameStop is, and that may be the idea that that will bring costs down is what is lifting the stock higher. What I find interesting, and admittedly I'm biased because I host our crypto show today at 1 p.m. on Bloomberg <laughs> Television, but they nice they plug. basically <laughs> said the team building the company's blockchain wallet looks like it's going to be heavily impacted. Interesting, and also this morning, Kaylee, a big analyst call on some big banks. Yeah, Betsy Grasick and the team over at Morgan Stanley out with an interesting note this morning: double upgrading J.P. Morgan to overweight from underweight, adding it's the most preferred, uh, one of their most preferred names. Basically, talking about operating leverage, positively inflecting the consumer and community bank, taking market share and relative stability during recession. So that stock is up 1.6%, but BNY Mellon was downgraded. And as a result, it's down 1.3%. Grasick saying that the reason for the cut is that the risk of deposit outflows uh, it is persisting while QT goes on. So an interesting divergence there between uh, those two banks. And overall, Grasick says it is not yet time to go long on large cap U.S. banks. So definitely an interesting note uh, to keep an eye on this morning. All right. Thanks for this, Kaylee. Great having you on with us as always. Bloomberg's Kaylee Lines. 
keeping an eye on pre-market movers this morning. want to mention one other. Vivint Smart Home is right on top of the pre-market movers, up nearly 32%. NRG Energy is buying Vivint Smart Home in a deal worth $2.8 billion in cash. As for the broader market, futures little changed. S&P futures are up one point. Dow futures down 10. NASDAQ futures are higher by 22 points. Ten-year treasuries up 330 seconds. The yield, 3.56%. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. I'm Nathan Hager alongside Karen Moscow. Bloomberg Surveillance starts now. Live from the financial capital of the world, broadcasting across the globe, this is WBBR New York, Bloomberg 1130. This excess savings conversation, from our perspective, is starting to run out. The rocket fuel for... The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.